Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. My name is Micah Peters. I live in Berlin, and my latest book is 365, A Year of Everyday Cooking and Baking. This cookbook has solved the age-old question, what shall we cook tonight with a recipe for every day of the year? All of this started with your blog, Eat in My Kitchen, in 2013, where you shared one dish every day for a year. Tell us about that. So um, one day I decided um, I'd like to find out a little bit more about blogs. At that point, I didn't know anything about blogs. And um, seeing that I love cooking, I love writing, I love photography, my boyfriend at one point just said, why did you, don't you just start a blog? And I had been working in the music industry for 15 years, and uh, I felt ready for a change. So um, I decided, okay, I'm going to share one recipe every day um, on my blog, Eat in My Kitchen. And I really, I had no experience. I didn't know anything about it. So I really just jumped into it. And um, I thought it can't be that difficult. We cook every day, or I cook every day anyway. So I might as well just share the recipes. Um, it turned out to be a bit more time consuming than I thought because um, it's one thing to to cook, but it's something totally different to take a picture, to, to write about it. And um, all of this took really much, much longer. So in the beginning, we, we always ate cold food. <laughs> because we had <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I changed, I changed a few things then and decided, okay, if I, the recipes I sh share on my blog, I have to cook a little bit earlier. I also shoot just with daylight. So um, I just had to adjust uh, my, my, my cooking, my shopping, my timing a little bit. But in the end, it was an amazing experience that, yeah, led to two cookbooks already. You say the kitchen is in a place where we have to perform. If we're a home cook who doesn't love, love, love to cook, how do we take the pressure off and unwind in the kitchen? I think we, sh we shouldn't go into the kitchen with any expectations. I mean, obviously, we all want to eat good food, but um, it's kind of like with everything. If, if we put pressure on us, we will never perform as well. If we just see it as an experimental space where we can try out new things, where we're, yeah, where we are totally free of any expectations. We just do what we feel like. We, we give our best and hopefully it will taste good. And if it doesn't taste good, we just try it another time. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and then, yeah, I think food is something, it's, it's, it should be just enjoyment. It's nothing where we have to prove something to other people. So there's no need to choose complicated recipes, for example. That means we, we might have to spend more time in the kitchen than we actually have, or it, it might stress us out. And for me, that is, that is not what cooking and food is about. It sh should make us feel happy. It should relax us. Um, it is something that we, we share with other people and the people around us want us to be happy as well. They don't want us to cook something super complicated that might taste amazing, but we are totally exhausted after we've done it. So I think it has a lot to do with just winding it down, maybe sometimes cooking something that's a bit more simple, adjusting it to our 
to our mood and also to our um, schedule. If we have a very, very busy day, we can just go for a more simple recipe and just, um, yeah, looking at what do I actually, what do I actually feel like and then take it from there. I do like how simple and quick these recipes are in the cookbook. Um, talk about your approach in developing a recipe for every single day of the year. So first of all, I believe in good produce. That's always a starting point. When um, you have good vegetables, tasty fruit, you, you don't actually have to do much with, 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 yeah, with, with, a, with a carrot, with a zucchini, with an eggplant. You don't have to do much with it. But it's, it's super important that the quality is actually good. And therefore, we have to stick to the seasons. And we also, um, ideally, we, we, we go for produce that comes from the area where we live. So that is always my starting point. And then um, sometimes I, I feel like experimenting and adding maybe one or two different flavors, playing a bit with, with spices or, or herb. Or um, just, for example, adding fruits to, to a savory dish. That was something that I started to enjoy a lot in, in the last few years. That um, I just combine things sometimes that are maybe, it's not the first combination that comes to mind, but it adds a bit of excitement. I mean, we all have a bowl of warm pasta sometimes, just with olive oil and parmesan. And sometimes we just feel like, something that excites the taste buds a bit more and that is a bit more something new. So um, very often it starts that I just go to, to the market and I, 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 see, um, I see a vegetable, for example, and then all of a sudden ideas come up what I can do with that. It's um, where it exactly comes from. I can't really say. I think Sometimes I think it's a bit like a composer who can't explain you where a song or where the lyrics come from, ideally they, they're just there and it's good. And luckily with food comes quite naturally. To me, it's just when I'm in the right mood, it just comes. And then I, 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 I have certain ideas in my head and I try them out. But it's something that comes very intuitively. And I think, yeah, maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that I've been kind of cooking all my life. I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mother. Being surrounded by, by food all the time, by people who play around with, with ingredients, it just inspires me very intuitively. So you're German and you grew up in Germany, but what is your connection to Malta? My boyfriend is half American, half Maltese. He grew up most of his, or he lived most of his life in, in Malta. And we got together 14 years ago. So um, when we when we are in Malta, we live with his family, and um, that gives you a very <laughs> deep insight into the culture. You, I always say, when you when you are a part of a Maltese family and you when you visit them, it, it's like a wave. It sucks you in, and you it just spits you out again when you leave the country. So it's a very <laughs> very intense <laughs> intense experience. So when I, we spend a lot of time there, we live with his family. So, um, it Wait, had, so you live, you live in the, the same house? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is, is it big? It's a big house, but he has three siblings. Uh, family lives very close by. You do a lot with the family. It can happen, easily happen that you go to a restaurant with the family three times a week, two times a week, you would go to the beach with them. So there's like... 
it's a lot about family, but I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. His, his, he has a beautiful family. Um, many women, there are a lot of women in this family <laughs> and we always have a good time and we all love to eat well. Um, it is a different kind of family concept in, in the Mediterranean to, to Germany, for example. It is very close. There's a lot of love that is shared and shown, really. It's all very, love is shared very openly. And um, I was welcomed um, in a very, yeah, it, it still overwhelms me sometimes how much they made me a part of this family. And um, But this really, yeah, gave me the chance to have a very, very deep insight into this culture that is so different to what I grew up and that, I mean, I'm, 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 very, I'm quite German and it influenced so much of me. My humor <laughs> changed totally. My, um, my cooking obviously was influenced, but there, I think I also slowed down, down my pace a little bit. So it had a big effect on me as a person. Talk about how Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays call for different recipes. So there is something I experienced um, a little bit more through the blog even, that we all have certain um, desires, different um, long for different recipes during the week. And what I notice very often that everybody hates, or people, yeah, often people hate Mondays. But um, I always thought that Mondays, poor day of the week it deserves a bit more and the easiest way to create a bit of happiness for me is really food and I thought yeah let's just create a dish that's still that you can easily prepare after a stressful day of work on a Monday but that gives me this feeling of um, yeah like a bit of Deutsche Vita so pasta is the best example you just throw together a simple but nice pasta dish and it just um, maybe it wakes up some some holiday memories. It just it just creates something special. You have a glass of wine with it, maybe an exciting salad during the week that is super easy to prepare, but it has a lot of color. It has a lot of flavor, yeah, and it excites us. Or on on Wednesdays, for example, um, on the blog, I I introduced a series um, many years ago, which was called the Wednesday, uh, Sandwich Wednesday. And people love that. It's just, okay, on a Wednesday, I make a very special sandwich creation. And I tried to um, include this rhythm um, that I experienced on the, on the blog. I, I tried to follow that also in this book. So these are all very simple things that are easy to plan, but that can add a bit of excitement or relaxation to our weekly rhythm. And again, it can also take this pressure of, of cooking and replace it with, wow, I actually have something nice to look forward to in the evening. I'm going to prepare something that, is, that tastes good, that looks nice, that is um, fun to, to prepare. So 365 is dedicated to the investigative Maltese journalist Daphne Katawanda Galizia. Tell us about her. So um, three years ago, when my last book um, came out, Eat in My Kitchen, um, I was interviewed by Daphne in Malta because Daphne is a, was a political journalist, but she also had her own food magazine. So she, in, she interviewed me for her magazine and we, we clicked immediately. And it was 
strange because people had kind of warned me almost of her. I think people were scared of her. And when I met her, I was so surprised. There was this this woman that was so soft, almost shy and sweet. And she was the warmest person. It's it, it was just a total, it was totally different to what I, I expected. And we stayed in touch. We often exchanged emails about our culinary work. Then in 2017, yeah, she dug a bit too deep in the dirt of some people and um, she was assassinated. And um, that, that hit me extremely hard because Never before in my life someone was killed in my environment. Never before had I imagined that this this could happen in Malta. Yeah, it took me. Quite, I I think it. I still need some time to um to find my way to deal with it. Also to I, it it redefined my relationship with Malta. Um, it it, it really changed a lot and. Um, when when it happened shortly after that i i decided to to work on a new cookbook and somehow definitely definitely was on my mind the whole time while i was working on that on this book on 365 and when it came to the question who am i going to dedicate this book to it for me it was obvious that i would dedicate it to her because it is somehow it is deeply connected to her. She she loved food so much. She was yeah, a woman that was very close to my heart and who is not here anymore. I could see why people were scared of her because she investigated several high-profile figures, including the prime minister and other Maltese officials and politicians, and they planted a bomb under the seat of her car. It's It's like the mafia. So I read that Three men are facing trial for the killing, but the people who ordered it have not been identified. Um, the whole family is um, trying very hard, and people outside Malta, and also a few people inside in, in Malta, they try very hard to, to push the case and um, to find the people behind. But it seems like that at the moment there are still a lot of people who don't want the truth to come out. But I believe that the truth always comes out at one point. And I'm, yeah, maybe I want to hope that this will happen here as well. But it's a very, very, very hard time. And, um, for example, there, is a, there isn't even an official memorial at the moment. There is opposite the court in Valletta. Valletta is Malta's capital. There is a place where people put down flowers and, and letters and pictures for Daphne every day. And this, so it became kind of a a place to remember her, to remember Daphne. And this place is being cleared every day. There are always people who are, who take the flowers and everything away. And this is just very painful to see for the family, especially. And I really hope that at one point, maybe the pressure from the outside has to become stronger, that the truth comes out. Well, I think, um, there's a little hope now because I read a recent BBC article that said Malta is finally going to hold an inquiry and um, they've enlisted a retired forensics expert. We have to see what all of this will lead to, what people say what they're going to do and um, how much they actually allow to come out. I'm, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, we'll be watching. So. Yes. 
Back to the cookbook. Yes. Last week, I made uh, these recipes, roasted grapes with burrata and prosciutto on page 228. This dish impressed my husband. Can you describe it? I just thought, okay, it, it can, I love the combination of, of cheese and fruit. So it was basically, okay, I have the nice burrata. What do I, can I add? And there were the grapes. I, it's possible that I just saw a plate of grapes in front of me. And I thought, oh, I might as well roast them. It just, um, the flavors become a bit more concentrated. It becomes a bit more candy-like even. And then the roasted rosemary adds a bit of a woody note. And that is basically how often come up then with these recipes it's just these two three four elements in my head and it's like at one point they find together and it makes sense and this dish is a it can be a beautiful starter for a dinner party or um in summer this can or you just have a nice loaf of, of bread and that's a bottle of wine and that's that's dinner yeah i, I love i love it when these flavors a few just not many a few flavors come together when they make sense together and you have this also visually really beautiful dish it doesn't take very long to prepare it and these roasted grapes also taste good so you you can just prepare a bigger bunch and you can also add them on top of polenta that's also very very nice or on um we had that at the book launch there's one recipe where i add them on bruschetta with a bit of stilton so um that's also a good way to take the pressure out of daily cooking. You just prepare bigger portions of something and then you use it for, for different dishes. You just have the roasted or on top of soup. The roasted grapes are also great on, on top of a hearty parsnip, pumpkin or potato soup. So you can really play with these elements and use it for different recipes. I also made your mashed sweet potatoes with coriander on page 228. I mean, those were so easy and delicious. It's funny. We are going to make that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just bought the sweet potato for this. Um, It's Friday. It's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and it's, you can have it on its own. You can add, of course, I'm German, a fried sausage to it. We love that sometimes. Um, But these, these kind of mashed potatoes, mashed sweet potatoes, it's something, it's a technique that, technique, you can't really call it a technique, but it's, it's a kind of recipe that my mother makes very often because traditionally mashed potatoes in Germany are made with milk and butter. And one day my mother made mashed potatoes with olive oil and she just chopped up the, the potatoes very roughly. And um, then I decided, decided, okay, it might be nice to add a bit of lemon zest or some fennel seeds or, or coriander seeds. And instead of having the normal yellow potatoes, I just use sweet potatoes. And um, it's, I think cooking is when you go through the world with open eyes. There are always people around you who prepare something that you might have not thought of before. or They just use it in a different way. And then you just play with it a bit. So the last thing I made was from page 230. And that was your recipe for trout all Cartocio, is that how you pronounce it? Cartocio, al cartocio. Cartocio, with artichokes, parsley, and juniper berries. Talk about how trout has a lot of character. Trout is um, because they they live in lakes, and they have a very, or in rivers, and they have a very earthy taste. It's not like 
seafood uh, fish that lives in the Mediterranean. It's 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 it can even be a bit sweet sometimes. It's 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 very fresh. It's yeah, it's um, it's totally different to um, the the fish that I grew up with because I, I grew up in the countryside. So for me, um, fish was very much yeah, fish that lives in in rivers and lakes. And seeing that it has this earthy taste, it can really deal with other flavors, with strong flavors, very very well. And um, I, I very often I just I when I buy trout, I just see hey, what what do I have in the fridge? What uh, what do I have in the pantry? And then one day there were artichokes, olives parsley and then um i just felt like i'm gonna throw that together and it tasted really 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 good so it's um it's a fish that can deal very well with a lot of flavors now to my segment this season called my favorite cookbook aside from this cookbook what is your all-time favorite cookbook and why this book is not really one of these these pretty cookbooks where it's about pictures the pictures that are in there are really very practical pictures you see how the dish is gonna look but it's not about wow that is this a mouth watering picture really it's a different kind of cookbook where um it was really just about having good recipes the techniques in these in this in this book there all the recipes are are very precise the way the meat is cooked the way the the vegetables are cooked it's all very precise it all works out it's not very experimental but it's really like the basic, and uh, when you understand this, you can then you can play with it and add your your own things to it. But this book is, um, yeah, it combines all that I love. What's favorite. it called? This is how South Tyrol cooks. So um, the the German title is, and I think there's just um, because in this in this region in this area they speak German and Italian. So the German title is So kocht Südtirol. This is how South Tyrol cooks. And uh, the three authors are called Heinrich Gasteiger, Gerhard Wieser, and Helmut Bachmann. Well, thank you so much for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you very, very much for having me. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.